0: Hello, I'm Tara Ruckman. And I'm Stephanie Howe, and we are Control the Chaos EDU. Are you burnout? Are you feeling frustrated or overwhelmed? Or maybe
1: it's the opposite, and you're a go-getter and want to level up, then it's time to dive in with real talk and solution-focused conversations.
0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's Control the Chaos conversation, which has already taken place behind stage. Um, And I'm so excited for this guest. (laughs) What about you, Tara?
1: I am so excited. Um, I found her on Twitter, and so I'm excited that she's here. We kind of sent her a DM, and we're like, can you come on the podcast? Because what she does is very unique and provides a lot of authenticity authenticity to the classroom. Sorry, I couldn't get that word out this this morning. Um, so we're going to bring her on so she can introduce herself and tell us about where she's from, kind of what she does and and talk more about what 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 she is providing and how she's engaging her students.
2: Hi, hi everyone. And um, so my name is Louise McCoy and I'm originally from Scotland but I'm currently working in Prague in the Czech Republic in an international school over there. Um, I I studied in Scotland and worked there for three years before moving to Abu Dhabi, and I worked there for three years. Um, And then in 2011, I moved to the Czech Republic, and um, it's a a wonderful place to live, very difficult to leave, but at least it's close enough to home that I can uh, pop home and see my family whenever whenever I want to. at the moment, I am deputy head of uh, primary school, and my current responsibilities. I share a class with the other deputy head at school, um, so I have a lot of administrative jobs as well as uh, the responsibility of my my the learning and teaching in my classroom as well. Um, and Tara and Stephanie got in contact with me through my through Twitter, and they'd seen some of the posts of my of the trips that we had been on in school and we we were really excited about taking the kids on residential trips and in the primary school we take them at the end of the year it's usually the penultimate week of the year of the summer term um and it's just amazing to see the children out of the out of the classroom you know especially for those non-academic children but really for all of them it just really benefits their boost their confidence, um, helps them develop independent skills, team bonding. And um, yeah, it's just really, really exciting. In the, in the class, we try to make the lessons as fun and engaging and as exciting as possible as well. But being out of the classroom doing these amazing activities just takes that to another level. So it's just, it's really exciting for
1: the, for the staff and, um, and for the pupils as well. So what age groups are you doing with these trips? Is this just one age group? Is it all age groups? How do you guys go about um, thinking about what age groups goes on these trips?
2: So we take the whole of the the primary school. They go at different times. Um, The year one, so in uh, in the, the British curriculum, we go from year one to year six in the primary school. Year one starts at five years old and they leave at 11 years old. So year one and year two, they go away for two days um, at a time. So just one overnight. Year three and four go away for three days and year five and six go away for five days. But this year was um, was pretty special as, uh, as you can imagine because we've had COVID and lockdowns for the past two years. Many of the children had not been on a residential trip before. And even some of the children in my class, so they're eight, eight, and nine-year-olds. They hadn't even been for a sleepover in their friend's house. So it was such a new experience for a lot of these children that um, you know we that they they hadn't experienced anything like this before. So there was a lot of anxiety, and you know, um, staying away from mum for the for the first time. So we had to deal with a lot of those issues as well. And it's just amazing to help them grow their independence yeah and they're they're responsible for looking after all of all of their things and and uh we didn't actually have any tears the on my trip the whole time we were away because the children were so excited and so engaged in and everything that we were doing and you know as teachers we we love to plan and and uh we love to over plan and we make sure that we've got backup <laughs> activities for for everything um just in case something goes wrong we've got you know, we've got something else um, to keep the kids occupied. So they really don't have a chance to miss home.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that really, like, I I was like, Oh, my gosh, kids really haven't spent the night at their friend's house because of COVID. That's crazy. (laughs) So was there any prep work that you did to kind of help with that anxiety or um, anything to help those students that might have felt that way? Yeah,
2: so we just talk, we just talk about it and be really open with the children about um, all of the activities. We have a parent information evening before the trip, so we inform the parents of the whole schedule, um, give them the kit list, all the things that they're going to need. Encourage them to pack the suitcase with their children as well, so that they they know what's going in, and again to, to boost that independence. Um, and then we just talk about it a lot with the with the children at school. You know, we say bring your teddy bears with you. We'll be bringing our teddy bears with us. You know, we feel that we, you know, we miss our families when we're, when we're away. I've got a dog. And, you know, if I'm away from him for five or ten minutes, I miss him. I miss him terribly. So it's just about having those really open conversations with the, with the children and sharing, sharing your own personal experiences with them so that they don't feel like they're the odd one out or, or anything like that. And, and the children are allowed to bring their mobile phones along on the trip. We really discourage using them. But they're there as a, you know, as a kind of um, a safety blanket for them. And some some families chose not to send their mobile phones with the with their children. But if they really wanted to phone home, then they can use the teacher's phone um, uh, as well. So we just make sure that we talk through everything with them before before they go, and that really eases up some of the anxiety for them. But as I said, they're just having so much fun the whole time that they're they've no chance to miss home. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you're you're actually blowing my mind right now, because when you're I'm thinking about five and six year olds, these little guys being away from home um, and it being for more than a school day <laughs> and and them not calling home and not making contact. Whoa, like that is really starting that independent thinking and you know, developing those life skills at a young age. I want. I want to go on your trips. Can I come? <laughs> you're yeah.
2: You're more than welcome. Come over. Come over to Prague and uh, and join us. It's uh yeah. It's really amazing. And I think maybe because I'm in an international school, the children are slightly different. So if I, if I compare it back to my three years in Glasgow, the children do have. Um, I suppose they're more exposed to uh, different experiences earlier on. So they're traveling more for a start because a lot of the students are coming from different countries and they might have moved, they might have had a change in school already. So they're already open to changes and different, uh, different experiences. So I suppose they're, they're kind of um, set up with some of those skills already, uh, which, which really helps a lot.
1: Yeah, that's, that is huge. Um, i think life experience is one of those those best the best way you can learn right creating those authentic learning experiences can you tell us about some of the act- activities maybe that you have done on some of these trips at different different age levels
2: oh yeah so the uh so the earlier um the earlier years they they just go away for two days um the year ones there, we we do four topics throughout the year that covers our um, like our geography, science, history type subjects, and their trip is quite linked to their I'm I'm alive topic. So they do a lot of um, bug hunts and pond dipping, and things like that. Making little bug hotels, um, little short nature walks because they're so little they can't they don't really have the stamina for um, a longer hike. And then as the children. Um, grow grow with age they go on longer hikes but you know even there's even some adults that don't really enjoy big 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 long hikes because they're not so um, engaging so we try to arrange different activities along along the way so when we went on the year four I'm sorry the year two trip so they're um, six and seven year olds we went on an eight kilometer hike with them but along the way we stopped and we played different team building games um and we might have had a scavenger hunt at different points as well and just the scenery in the czech republic is unbelievable where we go in Chesky rye um the there's incredible rock formations. so it used to be the seabed and i don't know all the geographical terms but it's just really amazing to see and um, so the children are walking through these big towers of rocks and climbing up ladders and and you can see um imprints of the seashells from where it used to be the seabed like millions of years ago so It's just so such an interesting place as well. And just as teachers, you just try to make it as exciting as you can along the way. And you gauge their enjoyment levels. So you might see them waning a little bit and say, "Okay, maybe it's time to stop and have a snack or let's stop and have a drink or or a little game or or something like that. But as the as the age range increases, the children might do some um, more high adrenaline activities. So they would take part in high ropes courses or there's um, a thing called the giant swing, which is um, you kind of go in a, ha- a hand gliding harness and then they just raise you up about 30 metres and then drop you. And the children swing, <laughs> swing backwards and <laughs> forwards. So really, uh, a lot of them are scared in the beginning to do it. But when they see the teachers going on and doing it and, and uh, having a good time or, or screaming, <laughs> they... Uh, they, they have- <laughs> they're encouraged to do it as well and i think in all the trips that i've been on there's been very very few children who have who have actually taken part and and then there's another one for the older students which is like uh like a telegraph pole and they have to climb up the telegraph pole and stand at the top and then jump off and the um there there are trained professionals there who are holding the ropes when they're jumping off but they also encourage some of the students to join in. So really, the adult is holding the fall of the child, but the students are kind of believing that they're they're also helping. So it's really building that trust uh, with each with each other as well, and that um, fostering you know team teamwork amongst them all. I think other other activities are bike rides, um, scooter rides, and where we go up in the north of the Czech Republic, um, those are ski resorts and the. Um, chairlifts are running throughout the summer as well so you can hook on the mountain bikes and the scooters and things and take them up as well so the scenery is amazing um uh, the uh, um, too and also like swimming swimming in the lakes um rafting as well when i went on the year four trip this year we went rafting and there was one adult in each boat maybe with four or five children and um we tried to <laughs> organize the groups based on Behaviour and who we thought would get on best within the boat, and we didn't really think about muscle power. So some of the teachers were really left with uh, not very much muscle <laughs> muscle power, and so they uh, took a long time. To <laughs> Luckily, I had four four um, bigger boys, so they could help me get down the river a bit faster.
0: <laughs> I also see dance parties. Oh yeah, so every trip every trip has a
2: has a disco. And uh, we make sure we tell them that there's a disco happening. The older children like to bring, you know, fancy clothes to wear at the disco. And we usually open the, um, open like a refreshments uh, bar for them as well. So they can buy some fizzy juice and some snacks uh, to go along with that. And a lot of them love dancing. But again, we play a lot of games with them just to get them going. So, no, you know, musical statues, all those old, old-fashioned games that um, that are still hits with all the kids these days. <laughs>
0: yeah and then is this these trips funded by parents or the school like how do you get the funding to do all these fun activities
2: so the in our school these trips are funded by the parents um i think in state schools in the uk it would be funded by it would be funded by the government but ours are a fee-paying international school so they are funded by the they're funded by the parents um and we try we have a um, we didn't used to have this it used to be the teachers that organized everything, but now we have a um transport coordinator and she helps us book the buses and then we look for a different accommodation. We used to all go to the same hotel, but now we have found different hotels across the Czech Republic to go to, so each year group each year group goes to a different hotel and um yeah we just try to make it as cost effective as as possible for for the parents.
0: Yeah, that's a lot for a teacher to plan. But it, it looking on your Twitter, that every teacher looks so happy and engaged to be a part of this um, exciting school and exciting trip.
2: Yeah, I mean it's it's hard work. It really is hard work. I uh, I also organize the ski trip, and we go away for five nights um, uh, at the yeah in the usually in January or February. And that is really hard work, but it's it's so rewarding for you as a teacher as well. You know, you're away for five nights. These children don't have their parents with them. So you are their parent, you're their teacher, you're their friend, you're their counselor, you know, you're a dance choreographer. You know, the job of a teacher, there's so many different um, sub jobs within that. It's, it's incredible, but it's so enjoyable, even though it, it's so tiring. And by the time you come back, you're utterly exhausted. It's just, uh, yeah, such an amazing time to spend with the children. And I haven't come across any member of staff who hasn't enjoyed it as well. Because you're usually out in the countryside as well. And you have a break from your own home. You know, you're not having to do your own washing. You're not having to do your own cooking. Or, you know, if you have smaller children at home, you're not looking after them. So you're kind of getting a break from your normal life. <laughs> Although you are looking after a whole group of someone else's children, it's like a, it's a nice break. Um, from your monotony, I suppose.
1: <laughs> I mean, that's it's so invigorating to like listen to those authentic learning experiences. I can't imagine all of the skills that the the kids are learning and getting part, to participate in, and the relationship building at that point is just enormous, right? There's like I the all the things that you're doing to foster those social interactions with students and. And each other. That's not just about building relationships, but it's about maintaining relationships. So that's super exciting. And in my head, I'm thinking. Thinking. So we're in a school district that has 14 schools, and we don't even really go on field trips right now. Um, now since COVID, um, we don't. We're not able to do that, and our school district is so, so long so or big sorry not long um so we are not able to provide all these opportunities for but now i'm thinking like how do we get this within the day right like we may not be able to take our kids overnight but how do we provide these authentic learning experience within our day, within the confines of what we have to offer? So you have my brain ticking like mm-hmm. a thousand miles a minute right now, um, trying to th- think about how we could get all these learning experiences um, with the resources that we have to offer our kiddos. So thank you for giving me a thousand more things to think about.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing. But as, I suppose I don't know how your skills are set up. So I don't know what school grounds you have or what um, resources you have like locally accessible to you. But you can definitely organize um, adventure days within your playground. You know, if you have, I'm sure you'll have like a sporting grounds um, Mm or playing fields or or, or even a local park. We have, uh, we're really lucky that we're right next to a national park. So we um, get the parents to sign a permission slip at the beginning of the year that lasts for the whole year. And then we just write in the homework diary or send an email home just to say, oh, we're, we're popping out to the park today. So we don't need to keep asking for the permission all of the time. But, you know, you can do so many of these team building activities, um, in, you know, even in your classroom, you can you can do them. Just uh, it's, it's crazy because we've so much jam packed into our curriculum and so much jam packed into our timetables that we're just focused on the academics all of the time. And really these soft skills are, are so more so important you know they're just as important as learning your algebra and your fractions and and your uh, your your punctuation and all of, all of this kind of stuff so it's really important that we make the time to do it so yeah i really I, I i feel i feel with you you know how how important it is to to try and get
1: all of all of this authentic learning in I 100% agree with everything you just said, because we talk about, we have a book that's getting ready to come out about executive functioning skills, like teaching kids time management, teaching kids emotional control and stress tolerance, and all of those things are Part of what you do. I mean, just the emotional control for a five and six-year-old to be away and and be presented with these adventures that might be scary to them, that maybe they haven't done before, or maybe they have, and they're teaching other kids and and all of those soft skills that you talked about. I mean, that's that's huge, and being able to uh, to do that for students um, is is phenomenal that you have that capability so now again thinking of how do we get this into the classroom so one question i have you know on your twitter it's you know pbis um so tell us about your connection there with with pbis
2: well pbis is the name of my school so it's Prague British International School okay. is, the, okay. is the name of, of my school. And there are three, uh, we have three campuses within Prague. Uh, we have okay. another one. So mine, my campus goes from early years, so kindergarten um, all the way through. So three all the way up to year nine. And then our other, we have another campus, which is the same. And then we have a third campus, which is for the senior school, and they all go they go on trips all the way through and just coming back to an earlier point um the the senior school i said they go on their trips at the beginning of the year but i think the the biggest reason why the primary school goes at the end of the year is because the class teachers have to foster those relationships with those young children and if you had five and six year olds going on an overnight with a teacher that they've only known for a couple of weeks you know they're they're really that that would be even bigger pressure for them so I suppose that's the um, the main reason why we go at the end of the year because the children, you know, they they trust
1: us, they they, uh, they know what to expect from us, and and so on. Well, that makes complete sense. Your younger kids are fostering those relationships mm-hmm. first, and then and then learning the skills next. But then, our older kids at the beginning of the year, you're using that more to foster re- relationships.
2: Yeah, because we had a we've had a debate with teachers whether or not to change it around because we have so much fun at the end of the year on these residential trips and we think oh it would be great to have this at the beginning as well to to build the relationships within the class especially with new children coming to the school but it just wouldn't work for the early years one and um, ideally it would be great if we could go on one at the beginning and one at the end but we just uh, wouldn't we wouldn't get the go ahead for that taking that amount of time out of the curriculum I don't think. But we do in, encourage all of the teachers to take uh, trips, like day trips, um, at least one for each topic. So every year group would go on one trip, um, depending on their topic, like linked to their topic. The, the pre- year twos do a flowers and insects topic, and we have a really good link with a, with a bee farm, a bio bee farm. And they happen to be a, an ex-family from the school. The boys are now graduated and are at university. And we go along to this bee, bee farm, and um, it's just amazing. The children get to dress up in the bee outfits, you know, the protective outfits. And the the boys come back from university, and the older boy does the presentation to them um, and tells them all about the bees and why they um, produce honey and all the kind of science behind it. And then the mum takes you into the extraction room and shows you all the honey being extracted and they get to taste the honey from the actual um, honeycomb. And the dad is the one that takes you to the bee boxes or the, I can't remember what they're called, but you know, the boxes with the bee, the beehives. (laughs) And then uh, the younger son is the one who sells the honey at the end. So it's it's just such an amazing trip as well. So we just, we try to do one of these at least once per topic. So the children will be going on four of these day trips throughout the year, and then the residential trip um, at the end, and also the year sixes, they did a World War II topic, and uh, we were thinking, you know, how can we link an exciting trip to this? Because you know museums are great, but sometimes they're just not interactive enough. And uh, we took them along to a World War II themed escape room, and then they made their own escape room um, in the in the school for the year fives to come and crack the codes and things. So. It's just uh, trying to get as many of these experiences for the children uh, as as possible. So there's there's really no limit when yeah you just need to get your staff thinking creatively and thinking outside the box and yeah you can you can make a learning experience
1: out of of, out of anything really. <laughs> I love the expectation of you know at least doing one per you, um, quarter that you are yeah. providing these. Learning experience for kiddos. I think that's a great expectation. Um, what is your staff reaction to that? That expectation. Are they all in? Do some of them struggle? How? How? How are the staff reacting to to making sure that they provide these um, oppor- these different learning opportunities for kids?
2: Um, I would say it was a positive. Resp- um, the majority it's a positive response Um during covid obviously we haven't had that many trips for the past two year two years and as soon as we were allowed to do it most of the teachers were really keen and really eager to get out because it's just it gives you that break from the classroom and um most most of the teachers that i work with really really enjoy it if there are year groups that haven't been on a trip then um or are struggling to think of ideas then I can go in and support with that. And then um, we also have a, a CC coordinator. So our CC is our creative curriculum. We teach maths and English, um, music, PE, all as discrete subjects. And then everything else is within our CC topic, you know, as a, um, a thematic learning experience. So our coordinator will um, regularly check in with different year groups and just give them any advice. And we also, because we're for, I'm a foreigner within the Czech Republic as well. We really rely on our local staff, on our, our Czech staff, to give us ideas of, of new places to go and um, different experiences um, to go on. And during our staff meetings, we we share we share a lot of ideas um, with other staff. So I've I've not really had any negative uh, response from any of our teachers so far.
0: <laughs> and then. For students, do they apply to your school? Like I don't, I only know American schools. Um, so, like, what is the process for a student? Is it open to anybody, or do they have to apply to get in?
2: No, the our school is open to anyone. Um, but as I said, it's a fee paying school, so mm-hmm. the parents have to pay uh, fees for the children to go. Um, we even take students that don't have any English. So we have a lot of um, EAL um, students. And we have an English as an additional language department. So if children come with with no English, which sometimes happens, then Mm -hmm. uh, we they're usually taken out for four or five lessons a a week to improve their English. And it's just amazing to watch and see how quickly their English develops, you know, because they're immersed in an English um, speaking environment. So, yeah, we um, we I would say yeah, our school is open to anyone who who wants to come along.
1: Oh, I I wish I was in an environment where my my students, my kiddos, would have had that learning experience. That's amazing. Um, I love I love what you're doing. Um, I'm completely enamored by all the trips that you guys do and the authentic learning experiences that you provide your kiddos. I think that it's um, a great opportunity for for all kids to, to have those experiences. So now my brain is thinking about how we can put in those adventure days into our curriculum and provide kiddos that opportunity within our, with our resources and things that we have and, and thinking about getting creative Steph, Is your mind, is your minds going right now on adventure days?
0: Yeah. And I know our sixth graders are going back to outdoor ed. Um, so I was like, maybe that, that's a start, you know? Like, we took a break from COVID, which is just sad and terrible. Um, but they are going out to in outdoor ed. But again, like, how do we bring some of these to the school day? Yeah, for sure. Yeah.
1: So thank you so much. So tell us, how can our listeners connect with you?
2: Um, they can connect with me through Twitter. Um, my Twitter handle is... Oh, my goodness. What is it? At. Oh, I can't remember what it is. At Teach Mrs. McCloy. (laughs) Um, Also, they can contact me through email. My email is louise.mcloy at pbis.cz. But I try to post as much um, on Twitter as possible. I'm quite new to Twitter. My husband um, has been on Twitter for a long time. He's a PE teacher and football, originally a football coach. And he told me it was amazing, like you get so many ideas from Twitter. Um, You know, People are are on there sharing just their thoughts and uh, different things about the day, but I've just found it absolutely amazing just to get ideas of different things. And and also one of our teachers at school, um, he was reading, uh, quite often he does this when he's reading the class text uh, during English lessons and the children have produced a piece of work. He then tags the author of the book in the post and nine times out of ten, the author will get back in touch and say, "Wow, this is amazing." And for the children then to see that this author has taken time out of their day to respond to their piece of artwork or their piece of writing is just uh, incredible so I'm I am quite new into the Twitter um, spectrum, but it's yeah it's it's blowing my mind all the different connections that you can make across the world. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so make sure you reach out and follow and connect and see those dance parties because they are so much fun. I mean, I was just like, oh, they're dancing like that looks like fun. (laughs) Um, And your action item this week is to like, subscribe and share this episode. Share it with a new friend uh, or a friend that you've had for a long time. But again, just kind of share and continue in the conversation. How can you add some adventure into your school day to engage your students. So until next time, control the chaos. Thanks for listening to Control the Chaos EDU. Check out the description for
1: show notes. We look forward to connecting with you on social media. Subscribe to the weekly podcast so you never miss an episode. Control the chaos. Until next time.